to episode 30 of the Film Yarns podcast. This week we saw Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, more commonly known as Dr. Strangelove. It's a 1964 black comedy film that satirizes the Cold War fears of a nuclear conflict between the Soviet Union and the United States. The film was directed, produced and co-written by Stanley Kubrick and stars Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden and Slim Pickens. <laughs> The film was made in the UK. It's loosely based on Peter George's thriller novel Red Alert from 1958. Concerns an unhinged, uh, sorry, the, the story concerns an unhinged US Air Force general who orders a first strike nuclear attack on the Soviet Union. It separately follows the President of the United States, his advisors, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and a Royal Air Force Exchange officer as they attempt to prevent the crew of a B-52 plane who were following orders from the general from bombing the Soviets and starting a nuclear war. The film is often considered one of the best comedies ever made, as well as one of the greatest films of all time. In 1998, the American Film Institute ranked it 26th in its list of best American movies. In the 2007 edition, the film ranked 39th, and in 2000, it was listed as number three on its list of the funniest American films. Don't know about that. Um. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not ha ha funny, is it? Like, yeah, there are some sort of like um, snobby sort of jokes, I guess, like for the sort of like international relations, uh, you know, cold boy history buffs. But, yeah, you know, it's not it's not it's not Billy Madison or something. <laughs> it ain't a dead set classic like Billy Madison. No. <laughs> I swear, Billy Madison's great. <laughs> oh, it is. Age as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think... It, yeah, I think... I think <clears throat> that's something I've been grappling with coming out of, like, um, you know, quote-unquote film school or whatever, is, like... Um, they sort of teach you to be a bit snobby, which is fine. Like, it's nice to be exposed to, like, avant-garde film and, like, art film and all the various sort of, like... Uh, visual performance art that you can see because I like that that's cool but you do sort of like look down on people that just like to um you know watch a funny movie yeah I think well it's the same in like a lot of you know it's the same in other disciplines like um when I was at SAE um the the people studying gaming would look down on you for being into you know Call of Duty or Gran Turismo because they're the you know the big blockbuster just pop music games um you know they are into the like like, like indie i guess indie yeah indie jrpg like really underground classic games it's the same in animation you know with like you don't know akira jrpgs as well (laughs) no yeah but that's because you're you know like tasteful in those areas like and you you know you've spent time in them um you know it happens with film and music and and animation like you know i i hear people talking about anime or, or like i like anime and i'll be like oh, have you seen Akira? And they're like, what's that? I'm just like, I'm not even that into anime, but you're you're an idiot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Akira's a big one. Hey, I, st- I think, I feel like I see it everywhere. Uh, uh, it's very popular. Mm. I think more and more people seem to reference it as well based on like, you know, the way the world is going. Yeah, I do find it weird when people haven't seen it if they are specifically into anime. But anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit anime out there as well. Like, I feel like when I get ads on Facebook or something about it, it's always, like, just regular life shit, but animeized. 
but is that a word like animated i guess is the word but like that particular form of animation that's sort of like very anime but it's just like oh person goes to school you know like, it could be anything but it just is drawn yeah 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 but um and I, think, ah, I can't find anything more bullshit than that <laughs> Give me some, you know, psychic powers and, like, end-of-the-world shit. That's cool, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, strange love. Speaking of strange love. Mm. Um, uh, well, the first time I saw it, <laughs> I don't know if this makes me dumb, but I didn't know that Peter Sellers was um, all three of those characters. I had no idea at all. And then... No, I was like, job, hey. I was looking up the Wikipedia. This was a few years ago, and I was just like, "Wait a minute, what? Like, why does it have his name against all three? I and I just, I was like, "Wait!" And I went back and looked, and I was like, "No, wait, no, no, no." And then watching it this time he's, for the he's pod, what? he's the president. He's the president. He's Doctor Strangelove, Doctor the president, Strangelove. and Sergeant uh, Mandrake. Ripper. Oh, Mandrake. Oh, sorry, yeah. group the captain. Group captain Lionel Mandrake. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Nails great, it. great actor. Yeah. I feel like um, what, All Jack the, the Ripper, Jack good. Ripper or whatever. Yeah. I feel like he's he's the most amazing because Jack I, D. I, Ripper. I, like I like I um like you said, like the first time I watched it I was like, Oh, this is cool, but like I don't really you know, that's as far as it sort of goes. But looking back now, like the way the things he was talking about, like it's like, Oh, you know, this trying to flu ride everything else it was a conspiracy and he was talking about like you know, reserving his essence and stuff like that. And I feel like you can kind of see that in a few, like, I don't know, Proud Boys and stuff. I'm pretty sure they're into, like, oh, you know, like, never masturbate. You know, you got to keep your, like, masculine essence inside you or whatever. Like, it's probably connects to, like, an those... incel thing, you know? It's just, like, instead of, like, but the even... reality that the women don't want it, um, they create <laughs> the false reality that, oh, I'm not giving it to them. Like, oh, I'm not, I, you know... Uh, and it, he says, um, "Yeah, I'm reserving it." Jack's line is, uh, "I deny them my seed" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like, it's it's fascinating that that idea or concept or belief or whatever still exists, you know? Because like, I don't know. It seems well, like you know, not it's not not that you know, it's not that in demand. There's tons of people who like the the best you know, reading. Like, I don't think it gives you any. Oh, sorry, sorry. What are you saying? Yeah? No, 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 go on. Sorry. Well, on, along those lines, I was going to say, the best reading I came across when I was just doing a little bit of outside research for this pod um, was that and you might have just naturally kind of thought of this watching it, but it didn't really... I mean, it wasn't strong in my mind when I saw it, but it's basically the whole film... Kubrick essentially sexualizes everything and all the objects in the film in and that's how a lot of the satire is achieved i guess so the opening scene is very sexual um because of the music and the refueling of the planes in midair um it's like really romantic yeah. music and it's got the pipes connected and they're like docking and, and sharing the fuel and mm. so you know they comfortably share the seed so to speak and then um <laughs> And then Buck Turgeson uh, is sexually frustrated for the whole film because, you know, like, it, his, when he comes into the picture... He wants to get back to bed or whatever. Yeah, he, he has to abruptly leave his encounter with his secretary and um, you notice that he's kind of, you know, he's, like, on edge for a lot of his interactions 
and then he gets excited when he's talking about he's like come on let's just let's just bomb it and we'll have limited casualties and it will be fine and he just wants to get it over with so he can go back to bed but also you know they their sexual satisfaction is i guess realized by dropping the bomb and same with um mm. uh the major um whatever his name when he uh king king kong major kong major kong when he rides the bomb <laughs> um you know yeah. it's basically delivering the seed sort of thing yeah yeah and i think um it's interesting as well that like it's all in the war room you know what i mean like uh, obviously like it's either that or inside of the um of the ship hmm. but uh or the plane but it's fascinating that like it can be such an action-packed film and be in essentially three rooms you know you yeah. have the office of um yeah the military the compound base. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah that's it just those three yeah yeah and it's i think that's fascinating like i was thinking about i don't know have you seen the recent godzilla film it's like shin godzilla i don't think so directed by hideyako anno it's very it must have been obviously like godzilla has like a long history but this particular film must have been based heavily on um, dr strangelove because most of it is just like politicians in like a meeting room talking about how they got to deal with um godzilla yeah I think, that's interesting. I think it's interesting that like there's like a huge outside threat. Like, oh, we're going to start, we're either going to start a war or we're going to start the end of the world because they have that like, I don't know what it's called, self-destructing in Russia. The um, war machine. Yeah, yeah, there you go, <laughs> war machine. Yeah. Um, it's just fascinating that like a lot of that just kind of like the way that they speak to each other is very pandering. Like when uh, the president is on the phone to uh, the president of Russia, um, He's just kind of like talking to him like a little, like a, like a kid, like a friend, you know, like a lot of the language around it. Yeah. I saw it categorized as sort of, uh, an, uh, an old marriage. So he, he's talking to like an elderly wife, um, mm. the way he, and he's, he's like, what's his, is it Vladimir or I forget his name. Uh, no, it's kiss off. Yeah. But the Russian president that he's speaking oh, to. Oh, the diplomat. Yeah, the, the president is called Kissoff. It's like, like uh, maybe like Khrushchev, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's Kissoff. You know how he's just like, how yeah. do you think I feel? And he's really emasculated yeah. during the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Especially because like, when he calls him, it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, the president's still a man. It's like, oh, it's like can you turn the music down? <laughs> you know, like oh you've been drinking oh that's nice like <laughs> like yeah it's fascinating the way that the structure of the military I guess is I don't know it's it's primed for something that never happens you know what I mean so when it does happen there's no way of getting back around it mm. but you know what I mean like there's so much riding on the Cold War so much stockpiling so much um I guess like military innovation that just went to nothing or like sold to other countries and other like uh, um, militaries or revolutionary armies or whatever. But um, it seems like you know, they, they have these planes up just circling for ages and then all of a sudden they get this thing. They're like, oh, no way. There's, there's no way that we could actually be doing out. You know what I mean? Like, and then all of a sudden they're just completely committed to it. Like, there's no way that it can change. Apparently um, the Kubrick, when he got into a topic he would be really obsessive in researching it so mm. i think um after like towards the end of him filming lolita 
he then got into um the cold war or the just the nuclear armageddon topic um so he read like 50 books on it and just like filled his brain with knowledge about the whole thing and that's why he was able to and he i think they didn't initially set out to make a comedy he was just like i think he wanted to make like an action or thriller sort of film and then they were like okay how do we make such a serious topic funny and then you know they just thought oh don't try just it is funny like Mm. well not funny but it's a black comedy you know it, it is comical that the re the re- reality of the decision making is comical. It's just like, no, nah, fuck you. Like, I'll destroy the world. It's like, no, nah, fuck you. I'll destroy it too. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, fine. Let's do it. Let's do this. Okay, let's go. Like, fuck it. You know, what? When? Well, how do we get That's kind of what there? it is. If it's stripped of all its like um, ideological rhetoric, that kind of is what it's like. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, you've got the army base that says like, peace is our something. Peace is our, our profession. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peace is our profession. Yeah, like you've got all these things that have these outward, like, oh, you know, we're keeping you safe. But all they really want to do is, like, fuck somebody up. <laughs> Whereas, um, you know, I can see some of the comical bits. Like, Dr. Strangelove is kind of funny, but at the same time, uh, you know, like this, this sort of like weird, um, I don't know, like disabled Nazi who can barely keep his, like, Nazism contained. Yeah. Is just like biting. Uh, biting at the chance, like biting at the chance to, um, I don't know, start a new world <laughs> in like caves. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I guess people might find that funny, but like, I didn't like lots of German scientists and stuff after um, the Nazis were defeated came to America. You yeah, know? So, like, yeah, yeah. It's I not think the craziest recruited. thing in the world. Yeah. And I guess it, it makes sense to sort of think that's funny. So, oh yeah, right. Like you know, Nazis are. I don't know, implementing their plans in the, like, top echelons of American government. But, like, that is kind of what happened. That is how, like, America won the space race with Russia. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, right. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so because, I mean, like, German engineering at the time was really good. But, um, yeah, I think, like, you can find that sort of stuff comical, but I think the comic, the comedy covers over um, sort of some of the truth of it, you know, the bizarre truth. Yeah. Hmm. And also, like, what's the point of like militaries if not to just like blow shit up? Like, like is the is like what what is the deal? Like, do you have a military to fight people, or like sometimes they pose it as like national defense, or do you just have like a military? To, you know what I mean? Like, do you just keep on stocking those people up and up and up? Is it just a a job? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you know every country has one to some hmm. extent. But they have to because every other country has one. You know what I mean? Like it's based on the fact that it's like, oh, well, there's another military. I'm not going to be caught by this military without some form of like um, defense. Yeah. Like, you know, like it necessarily assumes that there are other militaries if you have a military, <laughs> or at least some form of defense. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I um. Yeah, I, I love the scenes in the plane. I actually, I love the scenes from the outside of the plane because it's obviously a model, but it looks... You know? Oh, I just missed your last sentence. It just cut out a tiny bit. Oh. Um, I love the scenes from the outside of the plane. 
Yeah. With the backdrop, oh, like, yeah. and the model plane sort of, like, moving around. It's amazing. It looks nice. And when they're speeding along, it looks really cool when they're, like, going over low over the land. It looks really realistic. Yeah. And it's also very, like, it. it is a nice technique in filming. Like, it does, you know, I don't know if that's how it would look like in a plane. I'm not sure. But, um... <laughs> I think it would. It's visually, it's visu- visually compelling as well. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like, I don't know. The whole time as well. Like, I was just like, "Fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't be uh, in the Air Force." There's no way. That seems like such a fucked job. Yeah. They were so they were so cool about it. I'm just um on the Wikipedia page for the film, reading about um the Kennedy administration and mm. other aspects because apparently the first screening of strange love was scheduled for november 22 1963 which was the day kennedy was assassinated oh damn (laughs) see i um i saw a lot more of like um you know that like hiroshima and nagasaki in this film i guess like that was my first thought uh although like obviously it like plays directly to the cold war you know, the people who did experience the wrath of, like, uh, the American atomic bombs was Japan. Mm. And uh, it was interesting because in the war room, at one point in time, the president's like, oh, you know, like, I'm not going to be responsible for a mass murder. Um, and it was, it was, I feel like that's the maybe the first time any American president would have said that. Because, <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, I think that Hiroshima and Nagasaki is probably like the biggest terrorist attack in the world, right? Like in history. Yeah. You know, like, um, and the idea that like an American president would be like, I don't want to have my name uh, attached to that is baffling. Like, I can only imagine American presidents being like, yes, when do we blow stuff up? When do <laughs> I get to blow stuff up? How can I blow stuff up? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't. I don't know enough personal details of the US president's presidential history I guess just like the the imperative for them to continue to make war uh, is is like ongoing that's part of it it's part of like because signing on to be a president is like beginning the war machine again just in some new direction hmm. um, yeah I think anyways <laughs> But it's also fascinating to have a British person be like, uh, you know, like the voice of reason, considering, you know, the British have big colonial desires as well. They, they, they're constantly missing being like the top of the world. Yeah. Kubrick's American, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he's like Russian, but like, yeah, he's American. Yeah. Um, but um, I was just checking. Um, yeah, he's American. Cause yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if there's a stance of like you know the British being the level-headed ones from this, or if that's just playing into man. That's just Mandrake's character. I don't know. I guess like uh, Mandrake. I, Mandrake's sort of like. You know, he's soft. Obviously, the American military men, they're all hard, you know, they're all... like Yeah, that's how they make it out. Like, they make, you know, Mandrake, or all of um, Peter Sellers' characters, basically, all three of them, to be 
you know, just the weaklings, but then the big American guys are like the, you know, sexually frustrated ones. Uh, and, you know, Jack D. Ripper wants to, you know, he's like, help me with this, um, help me with these rounds or whatever. And he wants him to feed the bullets into the gun. And uh, Mandrake says that the string on his leg is gone. And yeah, yeah he's basically yeah, like, he oh, never... you know, I'm not able to reproduce, basically, like, is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, he's also like, oh, you know, I've never really gotten up close to a gun. I was always behind, like, the wheel of a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be read, right. uh, it could be read sexually, as in, like, him sort of saying, like, he's a virgin. Yeah, I guess so. I guess also, like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have that, um, that sort of American military, like, idealism, which is just like, no, we're here to like blow shit up. We're here to fuck shit up. This is war. Like, well, how good there's, like, there's all... is that? Sorry, yeah, sorry. What were you saying? My bad. There's all... there's like um, like war has to be fought. There's no other way. And like to be a warrior in combat, like in fire or whatever, is like the best way to go out. If you die, like if you live, also good. But if you die, like that's an honorable death. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Well, I really like the um. The American guy who tries to sort of apprehend Mandrake towards the end of the film, and mm. he's trying to get money for the phone call. He's like, "We well, are going to have to answer to the Coca Cola Company." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, "That's private property." Yeah, he just so it's like yeah. he'll die for war, but even more so, he'll die for capitalism. That's the American yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll die. Yeah, exactly. He'll die for whatever corporation is the biggest one. Even though, like, the Coca-Cola Corporation has, like, but it always plays both sides, right? Like, created Fanta for Nazis. Like, it was like the Nazi Coke. Really? So just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Fanta as well. So every time I think about it, I'm just like, damn Nazi Coke. Like, what? Why? Um, what? I don't get it. Because they, because, like, coca-cola is an international corporation they just want to make money so like if you can imbue your consumer product with some form of like national identity such as like drinking coke you know it makes you more american because those like germans over there they only drink fanta and that's fucked like you know you're kind of winning the war a little bit if you're drinking more coke because you're helping us is this conspiracy or is this fact it's fact (laughs) (laughs) it's the same with nestle it's the same with all that shit like the nestle corporation sold like worked with germany at the same time as they were working with america chocolate in the like, army rations just like cocoa and shit but like also working in germany so yeah, pretty mm-hmm. fucked up but like i wouldn't expect anything less from an uh international corporation they go where the money is yeah and like there's, there's money in war in there's my opinion fanta sucks anyway so yeah, see, that's crazy. I don't know. Like, I think it's delicious. It's cra- <laughs> I don't really drink it very often, but there's something about it. It's the most most distant thing from water I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I haven't had... I don't think I've tasted Fanta in, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, but I still remember exactly what it tastes like, and I have no desire to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of fucked up of you. Fanta's good. Orange drinks are good. But yeah, what else? What else did you think about the movie? Um, who was your favorite character? Let's dumb this conversation down a little bit. Let's let's. 
Um, what's the? It doesn't have the... to be like the most you know morally upheld character or anything like that. Just who no, no. Favorite? I was gonna say what's his name, Buck, Buck, um... Buck, yeah, Turgeson. Yeah, because like at one point he's just like, no, we can do this. Look at the board. Like, Actually, yeah, yeah. The board says we're gonna win. Phrase the question more like, who delivered the best performance? Yeah, and I would agree with that. Ah, right there. I think it was the best, especially he when he like flipped it. out and like yeah. did a back roll. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> he gets back up on his feet. It's so good. Yeah, he's just so hype. And like he plan he tries to plan a mini camp do the Russian um, diplomat just for the Russian guy to have another yeah. mini camp. He, he sort is. of he almost he like double crossed himself like by like trying to plant the camera on him. He sort of lost the chance for <laughs> the actual camera to be found. You know what I mean? Yeah. His best bit, I think, is when President asks him, "Do they have a chance?" And he's like, "Do they have a chance?" And he gets so excited to talk about how skilled, like the most skilled U.S. pilots are. And he's like, "Do they have a chance?" He just loses his shit. Like, he's like, "Oh, flying low." He goes into all these crazy military terms, and uh, I, I need. I I don't remember the line perfectly well, but I love that section when he his, when he's talking about how much chance they have. His folder as well, so it's like mass killings or mass death or something. Yeah, Do you yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, he's amazing. He's like. He's kind of bizarre, because at the start, he re he's really belittling to the president, you know? He's like, well, if you'd remember about the, like, the third uh, code that you okayed, these were the, like, rules set out. And, like, yeah. at the start, he's kind of like, you know, he's like a straight up and down military man. And like, he's like, all right, you know, this this procedure means this, this procedure means this, blah, blah, blah. But then later on down the track, he sort of was just like, just got a hard-on for war. He's like, no, like... If we if we blow up these places like that, be fine. There'll only be ten percent. You know, we'll lose like ten thousand people in America. But I think it's like twenty like million 10, or something. Yeah, it's 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 a large number. He's like, that's acceptable casualties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like, it's not that he wants. And I think this is another. Um, oh wait, let me know if you can hear this audio. He's he's saying it now. You just can't expect a bunch of ignorant three can you hear that no i can't uh, no. i will keep our fingers crossed all right uh, i'll just ignorant peons you, you gotta put it in there maybe we all know how much guts later it's on recording in there yeah good um he's sort of he, he becomes more and more like um yeah excited for the idea of war and like it, it it does bring up the idea of like, is like the mili is a military for defense or is it for offense? You know, like, do you have a military just so you can go fuck up other places, or is it like the you know the sort of concept that militaries try to sell you, which is like you know do what you love, defend your country. You know, that's the that's a that's like an introspective military. You know, like they look inwards, they stay in their place, and they just wait until someone tries to attack them. Hmm. But as we know, and as we continue to find out. All militaries have like tons, you know, tons and tons of blood on their hands, and they've done tons of like illegal killings and all sorts of fucked up shit. And they kind of love it, you know. I'm sure there are soldiers out there. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure um, that there are soldiers out there that absolutely hated it. But like, you know, it might have been their only option. They might have been like, you know, sucked in when they were young. But like, there are some absolute serial killers there. 
that if they didn't go there, they would be killing here. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, of course. Like Ben Robert Smith, for example, the like, guy from the SAS, um, apparently he has been charged with tons of like civilian killings just because he was just like, yeah, fuck it, I love to kill. And he's been in this massive court case, um, in, international, uh, not international, but it's got like national press coverage and stuff. And he's constantly like, you know, there'll be someone up to like testify and he'll go over to their house a week before and just be like, hey, like, and he's like a big imposing guy who's like, hey, uh, and like, it's insane that that can be covered and he's still, you know, the, the court case is continuing presuming like you know in normal conditions where he's just going over to places like apparently he set fire to his laptop rather than like i don't know deleting stuff or whatever i'm sure you can like recover del- deleted um files but he set fire to his laptop which is you know <laughs> leads you to believe that there's probably and like apparently he had like i don't know some usb boxes like buried in his backyard and shit he had what buried like usbs and lunch boxes Buried in his backyard. Smart. Got to keep, know, got to tons, keep them tons. from the elements. Always use a lunchbox to bury yeah, your electronics. There's just tons and tons of evidence that says, like, well, there's something going on here, obviously. There's, like, there's very crude cover-ups going on. Yeah, and also on the flip side, there's tons of people that are just, like, you know, they're the enemy. This guy was, like, right to kill them, you know? Like, yeah. anyone who's against... Um, I don't know, America, Australia, Britain, you know, by proxy is an enemy. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's bizarre. Like, that's the sort of contradiction inside the military that, that it continually struggles with, which is like, how can we keep spinning this positively so people keep coming in? Or how do we, like, take advantage of groups of people? Mm. And also, how do we like keep secret all these like extrajudicial killings and stuff like that? Should we? I don't know if we can. I can be bothered talking about Afghanistan in relation <laughs> to this. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not maybe educated we'll that, enough. I think. You know, it's obviously controversial. Well, I think. I think like everyone's talking about it anyway. So, you know, I think there's plenty of opinions out there. I think they need another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we can agree it's a big deal and it's controversial. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it's a fucked situation. It was always going to be a fucked situation. You know, the fact that America and Britain were in there, Australia were in there, fucked. The fact that the Soviets were in there beforehand—that's fucked. Like the whole history of it is fucked. Yep. But um, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's sort of a bizarre film. Like I was watching it, and it is very entertaining, but. It's like, um, there's this, um, I always link these to other films, I guess. That's the way I can kind of understand it. But I can't, there's a, there's a film called Colossus and it must've been made around this same time. And it's about, um, it's in the cold war as well. And it's, a, it's in America. There's like a research facility inside a, um, inside a mountain and they've made this machine, this artificial intelligence supposed to be national defense. But it learns how to, like, you know, um, speak different languages. It, like, you know those, like, movies where the AI like, goes onto the internet or whatever and just learns everything? Mm, yeah. Yeah, but in, in that process, apparently Russia also has the same sort of technology and they talk to each other. 
and then they like sort of turn on people and they're just like oh you know why is this being fought and stuff it's the same sort of thing like like whereas in dr strange love the technology you know it does want to kill mm. you know in colossus it's like you're trying to figure out what the reason is here like why do these why do these machines exist why is this happening what are the what are the what are what are what are its conditions of possibility whereas in dr strange love it's like everything happens so that the bomb can't be turned off you know what i mean or the bomb can't be stopped even yeah. when the doors don't open you know the guy gets on there and he fix <laughs> he is a good character like, it... like um oh that's amazing like yeah yeah because he he's balanced despite it being like he's just a he's just the ideal soldier basically um you know, because he, he he's obviously questions the you know he, he questions the order of the uh, plan R. He's like, surely not, and you know, triple checks, and then he and then you know when he's finally satisfied with his checks, he goes ahead as you know to plan, and he makes sure the plan is et- executed no matter what comes in the way, basically. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and he I think um, I think an echo of that character is. Um... The character of fuck, what's that guy's name? Um, who's Kenny Powers? What's his name again? Um, fuck, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, for me, it's bound down. But uh, you know his, uh, you know that guy in the ship, the uh, pilot. He was wearing a cowboy hat as well, and I wonder if that's a callback to that. In what? In Alien Covenant. Ah, oh, yeah, you yeah, know how yeah, is? yeah. Maybe you're right. It might just be a thing. I don't know, but like I feel it, obviously different intent, but um, sort of cowboy captain. Yeah. Maybe that it's just a film prop to be like this guy is a redneck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> mean, like, he's, he's the one that also identifies like that, like um, country road song. So yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah. But it could be like it could still be like a generic callback to that because. I don't know, did Ridley Scott direct him? He's British, you know. Doctor Strange Love was filmed in Britain, who knows? Yeah. Mm. We're at the point now where movies co- like relate to other movies in ways just like purely aesthetically. Yeah. I, I yeah, but, and yeah, I guess I... Oh sorry, what were you gonna say? No no no, go on. Well, I, all you made me think of um the the final scene actually with um I think it's Vera Lynn the lady that sings um will meet again the yeah. classic song um and it's really such a good song such a good vocal performance and um it's again it's like the start of the film sexualizing or romanticizing the actual bomb you know the seed but you know the i guess irony being that it's destruction of life rather than creation of life but yeah, and then it just shows yeah, you know footage yeah. of bomb bomb explosions basically. Yeah, well, I guess if you're um, if you're like a Lacanian, you would say that's kind of right. Like um, you know, a sex um, sexual reproduction biologically, like in the real, is kind of a death. You know, you lose a part of yourself in like say it is like for reproductive procreative purposes. You have a child that is kind of like a part of you leaving you and also reminding you that like you're gonna die because like in that sort of like animal 
way you're you're uh, you fulfilled your reason for existing. Yeah, but that's such so a negative that, you know way I mean? of of sort of framing repro- like reproduction. Because I would just say it's more like you're extending yourself through time and space by reproducing. Yeah, I mean, like, I would say, I would agree with that if there was some form of, like, I don't know, like, um, genetic memory or something, like, and it was, like, but I think what you're almost saying is, like, cloning. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not cloning, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's just, you know, I would see reproduction as, like, a satisfactory way of, you know, because, yeah, once you've reproduced, then, you know, you're more comfortable with death because I think on a certain level you feel like you've done your evolutionary duty or you know whatever part of our kind of ancient brain that that satisfies uh, by yeah preserving yourself or at least a part of you i think yeah i mean like i can understand that but i still like, I still like in, a, in an egotistical squarely. way like you know the the ego right, is, yeah. is somewhat satisfied at, at that not fully because it doesn't have immortality but it's it's like a consolation prize i guess yeah but that's i guess that's more of like sort of like a patrilineal thing like oh you know you're gonna take the last name you gotta keep on the last name or whatever whereas like the lacanian uh, way of thinking is just like you know you've already got gaps in you we all have gaps we all lack we all have missing bits and pieces and then you take more parts away you know you give your your child also has lack you know <laughs> you're there's you know, yeah, I'm not like I'm not losing, um, losing more of me. You know, it's going to be suffering for me. It'll be suffering. It can be covered over if you wanted to, and we often do cover over those things. But you know, life is suffering. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think yeah, I think you're right. There's like uh, end credit scenes with the uh, various bombs, especially the ones where the ships in the ocean mm. when the bomb goes off. It's- insane absolutely haunting like i i think we've i think i've talked about this before or we've talked about this before but in the new season of twin peaks maybe around the midway episode nine or ten maybe um of the season there's an atomic bomb at roswell like a testing site and um something happens and it sort of like tears the fabric of reality and like in the show um sort of like demonic i don't know what you call them like ghosts or evil apparition things come out of it and like that's that's sort of how i've looked at atomic bombs ever since um not as like obviously not really like releasing demons or you know evil spirits or whatever but like fundamentally changing what's possible in the world Mm. um like fundamentally changing the amount of or potential for um inflicting suffering inflicting like horrible like and like uh, atrocities and annihilation on people before that it may have been a concept you know physicists might have thought of it but before the bombs were tested and used utilized you know it was only a thought and after that it's just like wow we can do that it's like it's like after like uh, auschwitz you know like before that there were camps you know in south africa and all around the place but after that like the concentration the idea of it, like just the huge, huge way, like sort of the the brutality of it. You can't think, you can't not think of it now. You know, it can only brutality can only exceed that. It's the same as like colonial genocide, 
Like, before that, you couldn't imagine that, like, one country could kill an entire bunch of people, wave them. And then after that, you know, the concept is set free in the world. And that continues again and again and again. You know, one country might be wanted to prove themselves or take over land or resources. And before that, they might not have thought, like, you know, it's acceptable or it's possible to kill or enslave a whole nation of people. And then after that, it becomes acceptable. You know, mm. there's a precedent. Mm. You know, it changes from impossible to unpre- unprecedented. Mm. And then after that, there's a precedent and it just, you know, it turns into, I don't know, the East India slave trade and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's, it becomes formalized and corporatized. Mm. So, like, the nuclear bomb is the same sort of thing, I think. Like, so there's one way of thinking and you have a barrier and then once you've reached that barrier and you've materialized it you go beyond it you know so like and i can only assume that militaries everywhere not just a, um once atomic bombs became a thing and were used they've exceeded it i'm sure uh, surely like in their weaponry and, you know the capabilities of weaponry well I mean, I guess physically, like, they, it's hard to exceed it because um, they can exceed, you know, they can increase, you know, the range and, and speed and things like that. But I guess the actual fundamental technology of it, they don't really need to exceed it because, you know, the way that radiation works uh, on humans is, is already, you know, like the perfect virus or disease, I guess. You know, like you couldn't make it yeah, any, any yeah. more destructive. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, it you know, would be, like it's a step up uh, from just an explosion that, you know, physically destroys and, and melts or like blows up bodies and, and buildings. Yeah. But because it does that, plus it, you know, contaminates everything the air and the food everything. and the water for, for <laughs> yeah. like hundreds of years. Not much, yeah, of, yeah, not I much totally you agree. know, you can't really do anything else. Like, you know, the in, in, space it you know the when you we have massive explosions of like stars and stuff that's nuclear explosions you know it's the same fundamental technology so it would seem that that is the most destructive way to to blow stuff up is a new the nuclear way i think um i think you're totally right i think um any advance in nuclear weaponry or technology would be informed content like you said like make it quicker or smaller yeah or you know so yeah yeah but like you know the cases with like any military quality like you know napalm in vietnam like before that you know dropping liquid fire or whatever on like a group of people may have been absolutely unthinkable after that you know you have it you know what i mean like something that like um passes from um you know psychical object i guess or like um concept into material into the material world after that you have to deal with its consequences mm. like you can only move forward there's no going back after napalm or anything really it's just napalm plus one what are you going to do after it <laughs> grim but yeah so yeah it, it, it totally is it totally is grim and i think yeah it's the it's the case with a lot of these things like and i think that's like the central drama of this film as well right it's like fuck we can't We've got to stop these people from doing this because the fact that in neither Russia nor America have like bombed each other is the reason neither Russia or America have bombed each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but like that's sort of the contradiction together. Yeah. Um, 
I get, yeah, you know, I mean the, the central the, the yeah. central thing to make fun of is the whole mutually assured destruction sort of uh, you know agreement if you would call it that and that that's why he's being made yeah. fun of at the core. It's like it's already think, you know yeah. say yeah anyway. I think um I think another like comedic aspect of it that's like not ha ha funny but like is comedic in its sort of like um you know classical dramaturgical sense is like the bringing down of you know um top military and politicians to just like squabbling kids in a room yeah yeah you know because you think of these people as like very smart very like hard like very thoughtful as well they're like uh do we though who who does <laughs> like well, you'd who have thinks, to because like, like who in the real world pictures a white house meeting with biden or trump and thinks hmm that's a bunch of smart people chatting like that's not totally how I agree, but I, but this is this is before all that. Like this is the sort of stuff that was funny because yeah, true. Um, these people were considered to be like you know the top of the top. You know they might have been lawyers or doctors or they might have been like brilliant strategists or whatever. And they've got to this point for a reason. And then like you have all these characters, like conspiracy theorists or just like you know pandering children or guys that just want to bust a nut. So like let's just go blow up the shit. Like yeah, and get it done with. You know what I mean? Like and so now we live with this. Yeah, we know this. Uh, I, I myself would always question, like, if anybody was like, or like whatever, it's like, well, you know, eh, I don't know about that. But, um, you know, we live in a world where these people exist now that we know about it. Before, you could say, oh, these people are idiots or they're clowns or whatever, but, like, they are, they do run the world. Mm. Whereas now, it's just like, how the fuck did these people even get here? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%, 100% believe that, like, I don't know if it was the 21st century, I don't know when this started happening, but, like, a real crisis has occurred where everyone just thinks that everyone else is LARPing. LARPing? Yeah. What's like, that? Like, you know, like, uh, live-action role-play. Oh, So, right. like, you're the president, oh, you just dress up as the president, you act like... <laughs> um, and everyone's born too early, so, like, you're constantly trying to get to grips with whatever you're doing. And they're also every like the only reason you are anybody like teacher as a teacher because the students believe they're a teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. If a teacher can't control the class or whatever. The students don't really believe in the power of a teacher. You know what I mean? It's like a parent, like you know, like a parent sort of like is more than and less than whatever the, pe- the people you call parents are. And like, you always put too much expectations or not enough, or they let you down, like whatever. Tons of issues, but at the end of the day, like they maintain that symbolic identity because you believe it as well. Mm. You know, I don't know if you just heard the fight I did. <laughs> I, I hope didn't. it's on the recording. I didn't. It cut oh, it out. You were safe. So in that sense, like now, like those sort of um, symbolic identities, they exist, but they sort of like exist cynically. You know, like the the job title still exists. You know, someone can be a CEO, but at the end of the day, like you know what the fuck do they do differently than you? Nothing. They just get paid more. It's just like idiocracy. Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I guess it's just like, um, what do they call it? Like a crisis of authority or something like that. Like, you know, like the, the fact that like, and the worst part, I guess like, this is why you might have like Trump and plenty of other presidents before here is that like, um, positions like presidencies, prime ministerships, all that sort of stuff. There is a way of getting there. 
and there is like a class to be part of and like an education process and stuff like that you know what i mean like it's the same as being a celebrity like you have to kind of know the people and rub shoulders with the right rub elbows with the right kind of people hmm. and like i guess that's why someone like obama was um voted in among other reasons and the same with trump is like oh you know we want someone who doesn't you know the the vetted politician class we want someone who would do it differently and it turns out like it's like your best like like your friend at work if they get to if they get asked to be manager something happens and they're kind of more of a dick <laughs> like, you know like something happens you know what i mean like something happens to it might actually be nothing but they've their position has changed your relation to them their relation to you has changed mm. yeah yeah for sure so you know even even if you had like um you know, like someone down the street from you became the prime minister or the president or whatever, their responsibilities would change, the pressures on them would change. The, like, you know, so it positions, symbolic identities change people in yeah. relations. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a rant. No, no, it's um, necessary. I, I don't have much more to say, to be honest. What about you? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I think it's a great movie, but I think like it's sort of, you know, it stands on its own a bit. Like you can just say, "Yeah, this is this is a good movie." Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, it, I like... guess it's it's not like you need to be informed that um, you know, nuclear war or nuclear posturing is silly. Like, but you know, the film still manages to just satirize it. It's just like oh, everyone obviously everyone knows that already, but you can still enjoy yeah. the film um, for kind of but going the into thing, the nitty gritty the... aspects of a nuclear standoff. But the nuclear, like, the threat of nuclear apocalypse and nuclear war was very real, you know, like, students in schools had to do drills to, like, yeah, go no, to the yeah. bunker or, like, get under the desk or whatever. I don't even know. They wouldn't even stop a nuclear bomb. I don't know what they were teaching. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, just go under the, the desk. The cra- I, the, yeah, the crazy thing about it is that, like, this is, you know, looking back on it and watching this movie, it's easy to laugh at it, but this is, like... People lived and died over this shit. This is terrifying. Like, can you imagine living so anxiously every day? You know, you get those, like, drill klaxons in your town. Mm. Play, and you're just like, oh, fuck. This is a drill or this is a real thing. I've seen a couple of um, documentaries about people who, like, lived next to towns where the American military had um, underground missile development um, laboratories and facu- uh, faculties and stuff. And so, like, they would be out, you know, going to the deli or whatever, or the shopping center. And they'll see these big missiles come out of the ground and then come back in just as like a test. <laughs> like, can you imagine living with that shit? That's crazy. I can't really imagine. And apparently these sorts of like, um, you know, warhead facilities, I guess you would call them, were rendered obsolete, um, you know, before in the next year of production, though, something new would come up. Like the amount of money and funding that gets injected into like various research through the military, it's pretty crazy, you know? Like, I have thought about it in the sense of, like, imagine um, you just, you know, got, you obtained some White House position where you actually got to go down into the, you know, some sort of bunker and just kind of put your hand on and pat like a like a nuclear warhead, like the real thing, and just imagine being in the room and just touching it and just being like, holy shit, like, just, like, the power... I just, I think it would make me want to dismantle it, um, figure out how to dismantle it. We'd just be like, whoa, we'll like, I have For to sure. do something about it. It's kind of like um, Stalker, how he, you know, they want to, he wants to destroy the bomb um, the thing, that he finds. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it would feel like that. Yeah. You just like, oh my god, I need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And like the warhead is like small. You know, the missiles are quite huge and imposing, but that's just because they're like, you know, um, intercontinental ballistic missiles. So they have to travel a long it's way. A big the warhead rocket, itself yeah. isn't that big. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but the rocket itself is like scarier, I think, to think about than the warhead. Like it's that sort of small, um, what chemical reaction in there, right? Or is it like an atomic reaction? Molecular? I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's both. But I mean, it's yeah. It's a long time since I did like year ten physics, I guess. But um, well, it's just like a, a particle reaction, right? I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it, it's similar to kind of like how a battery works, how you have two different elements that um, trade electrons. <laughs> Think of bomb, mm. you have, you know, your nuclear, you know, like whatever nuclear um, element it is. Mm. And then you have something else that sets off the reaction um, mm. so that those particles, like, yeah. cre you know, cause more particles to... Um, disintegrate or whatever but yeah it's, yeah it's yeah i mean i can i can i can tell you i can i the way i understand it and the way i try to explain it to people is have you seen the movie shine it's an alex garland film what's it called um sunshine yeah yeah, or yeah, yeah maybe yeah. yeah and they have that massive like nuclear core cube thing yeah and like um, all you have to do is get into the center and set off the reaction to you know particles come together make tons and tons and tons and it turns yeah it's it's crazy. It's like when you put it's Mentos crazy. in in Coke or whatever and you shake it up, yeah. <laughs> or like bicarb soda and um, what water? Or I can't remember. No, um, in bottle rocket. vinegar. Yeah, vinegar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and that's I guess like you know we're making some jokes here, but like when Oppenheimer came out and was like sort of you know, realized the evil of his. I don't know, his child, obviously. There was tons of physicists and mathematicians and stuff working on making... <laughs> I think the bombs. difference... I'll just say, I think the difference between... So, say, you know, you've got a um, bicarb soda and vinegar rock, or any sort of rocket that is based on something increasing its volume and creating a high pressure that causes propulsion. With nuclear reaction, you're actually there's atoms that are breaking bonds between atoms. I don't think... So you have fusion and fission. Um, I think it's fission. Like, you're splitting an atom because an atom is mm. made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. So, and there's massive amounts of energy that are released from making that split, and then it causes more chain reactions. And so that's what, rather than just having a high-pressure explosion, it's actually the atoms are causing nearby atoms of the same material to, to split, which then causes an insane chain reaction, which is how you get such insane energy density from a small warhead to create such a large yeah. explosion. Well, which is also, like, you know, the reason why nuclear power plants are so good at powering things, you know? You don't need that much exactly to power a whole city. Well, it's like, sad the, that, um, um, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's just the... Um, the natural law of power in that it gets corrupted even though it's not human power it's just there's power contained in nuclear technology and so you yeah. know nuclear power plants get corrupted by um disasters that you know because someone didn't do their job correctly and build something correctly or plan something 
and so it ruins yeah. what could have been a very useful thing you know nuclear power for you know because it's almost off the agenda in australia um because of fear yeah. and you know hysteria yeah i mean like i think you're right like um obviously there are instances where like natural um disasters have occurred like for instance fukushima how there was a tsunami mm. um and that just fucked up the whole entire area but um i think also equally yeah i think it's a lot of like cold war hangover has just been like no no nuclear power nowhere because i think it's relatively clean compared to coal anyways yeah it is i think most people just think nuclear bad because radiation bad yeah yeah and i think um this is i don't know if this is true but it's the thing that always blows my mind which is uh the aircraft carrier ships like the massive fucking military ships are nuclear powered shit which make yeah which makes sense to me considering how large they are and apparently they're constantly in motion like i don't think they ever stop at a port well if they do not for very long yeah yeah <laughs> we've kind of gone far far afield far abroad I, yeah, yeah i mean i guess what, what else would you like to see? no i don't know it, it's kind of boring isn't it like just the whole like yeah you know nuclear technology and it's i don't i just mean boring in the sense that it's it's also stupid you know yeah yeah i agree i think I mean, it's kind of amazing, I guess. Like, it was a huge, huge thing that happened. Uh, and um, like I said before, it changed the world. Like, it's impossible not to... Like, there was a time, it blows my mind, to think that, like, nuclear anything wasn't even a thing that could be thought, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then now after this, like, oh, you know, what's... You can sort of name uh, the atom bomb or atom bombs as some of, like, the biggest changes in world history, really. So in that sense, like, it's not as boring, but it's, it's it is kind of boring. I don't know. It's, it's I don't weird. I it's don't mean it in a that... negative way uh, towards the film. It's just more like in an <laughs> in a more ideal world, you wouldn't this film wouldn't be popular or funny because you would just watch it and think, oh, this is dumb. Like, what country would be you know, <laughs> what what yeah. race of beings would be this dumb? You know yeah, what I mean? Like that's America. that's probably how the, it should be viewed, but it, it's actually more personal. It's like, oh, yeah, this was us. We, you know, it's it's because it's based in so much fact that it's kind of it is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I, it's fascinating that like you know squabbles between powerful people in two different countries can end in that sort of destruction. You know, like. Oh, um, you know, we want to be the first people to go to the moon. No, we want to be the first people. Oh, you got a nuclear bomb? We got to, we've got to get one. You know, it is like, it does, you, you can bring it down to the level of very, like, childish um, infighting. <sighs> but as well, like, that was the state of things, right? And, like, still now, like, there's still a nuclear procurement and armament across the world. Mm. You know, like, if anything, you know, like, there's probably more nuclear weapons now. Some of, like... The, the fact that some countries like there's probably countries now that are still getting more and more nuclear weapons like for instance there was like you know four or five years ago when trump first got elected when kim jong-un was like displaying these nuclear rockets and stuff like that probably absolute bullshit um but also possibly not i don't know they have trading partners in china 
Malaysia and stuff like that. I'm sure there is some relationship. Well, but you like, don't think that North Korea have real nukes? I think they might have, you know... I don't think they'd have many. Mm. I just don't think that, like, North Korea is doing well enough to be making those sorts of moves. But, like, the fact that Donald Trump was just like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, bitch, like, he'll even try it, I'll erase the entire fucking country, you know? Like, <laughs> like, it's the same thing. It's the same fucking movie. Like, but, like, Donald Trump is a, sort of almost aware, I think, of the ridiculousness of it. He almost makes it sound like initiating a fist fight over Twitter. It's like, yeah, I'll fucking come to your house. Yeah, you want to try and like, throw a brick at my house? I'll come beat you up. Me and my dad will come and beat you up. <laughs> you know? There was a South Park episode about it. <laughs> oh, man. It would be great to see presidents actually have to, to like, fist fight to resolve yeah. Trump wouldn't be a good fist fighter. He's a bit too, like, queenie. He's a like, big guy. He's a big shit talker. Yeah, but he's a big shit talker. I don't. He wouldn't. He's not the kind of guy. He's that sort yeah, of dude to be like against oh, Kim yeah, Jong. I'll, I'll pay someone. I mean, it'd be a pretty yeah. even fight. You know, they're both overweight. <sighs> I feel like yeah, but I feel like Kim Jong Un still. I don't know. Way I mean, Kim Jong's probably shorter than him. Uh, yeah, fair. But he's bit younger. younger. He's still yeah. got a little bit more energy. How old and is he? And he's a killer. Like he killed. He got. He you know. He yeah, got but with what? People... With a gun. Nah, with like um, chemical agents. I'm sure. I'm sure Trump. I'm sure Trump out. could kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, no, I'm not see, like, his ability to I think kill. the thing. I think the thing with Donald Trump, and you know, I might be wrong here, but I think that like he he wouldn't want like he wouldn't want to have someone kill or kill somebody. Like I think he would do it if like people pressured him to, or he felt like people weren't going to be interested. In but yeah, I but I mean, if he's in a fight for his life against Kim Jong. <laughs> yeah, I still think Kim Jong Un will win. There's just something about it, like I, I don't know, you know. I, I in that sense, I kind I'm of believe the mythology around the Kim Trump family. You know, would win. I'm just saying, I think it would be a, a close fight. Hard to we'll pick. To, yeah, there's that. There's that battle simulator. Perhaps we'll have to do like a mod <laughs> and like, put Kim Jong Un. <laughs> that would actually be really cool. wrestle it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess it would be hard. It would be hard to judge like how stats and stuff. Don't really have that much information about them, and I think um, the information that has been released about Kim Jong Un is uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they release information been, like he's a karate master, you know, like black yeah, belt. It's been, he's been seriously buffed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's six foot five, eighty kilos. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it's fascinating, um, sort of the national ideological structure, like Juche. I don't know if you know about Juche. Um, which is sort of like North Korean socialism. It's funny because like a lot of it talks about like you know we the people will work together, but it's always like we the people will pretend like pre um, protect and defend the one true ruler, uh, Kim the Kim family. Like it's it's always like we the people, and then it just comes right back up to this like pyramid. Point. It's like we got to protect this one dude. <laughs> got to keep him safe. He's the best. Right. He knows all. Well, it's just one of those like. It's one of those, like, really existing socialisms, I guess you call them. Um, that's just complete bullshit. <laughs> hmm. But there's more to it anyway. It's like, they were doing really well after the big split between North and South Korea. Like, South Korea were absolutely fucked, and North Korea were doing really well, and then different trade embargoes occurred, and various, like, things were cut off, and obviously America injected tons of money 
South Korea. But that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where should we where should we put this in the in the list? In the top five or the bottom five or the there's probably more than that. There's obviously more than that. It's, it's, we're on thirty. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of near the middle ish, uh upper middle for me. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think top top of the middle or bottom of the top. <laughs> Wherever that is, yeah. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah. It's respectable. I think, I think it's good. Yeah, I don't know what the top is, but yeah. I don't know what my top was. I can't remember. Um I think it's yeah, I don't know what yours was. Who knows? We'll, 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 that'll be like uh, the spot that can never be filled. It'll always yeah, be like uh, it'll be, be the next enough. one. It'll be yeah. The next... Yeah. Exactly. What... I think. Uh, yeah. Well, watch a trailer for Barry Lyndon, and okay. think about. We don't have to do it. Whatever you want to yeah. do. Okay. Sure. Um, I'll send you the trailer for Shin Godzilla. If okay. You want to watch? next just because it's so similar it is like a very pop cynical version of this which i think would be interesting to do like a comparison okay cool sounds good yeah yeah okay easy peasy all right man well nice to catch up oh i agree it's always a pleasure we'll have to do it without having to like talk about a movie sometime (laughs) (laughs) yes that is what people do i don't even know if that's i don't even know if that's possible that would be weird (laughs) <laughs> it's good to it's good to have like um you know a topic for the bullshit at the start before you start getting into like other stuff yeah yeah as long as you like you know you know beholden by that topic obviously in this we try to stay on track as possible but it still spins out a lot yeah i think it's you know it a podcast needs to spin out it would be very boring if we just kind of hashed the film that's more of a youtube s- video essay sort of thing to do you know to cover every aspect of the film in perfect detail i agree i agree and like um you know a friend of mine said a couple of weeks ago it was like oh you know like you're perfect at derailing conversations so i guess like (laughs) the ultimate compliment (laughs) yeah where i was just like fuck like so right but at the same time like i feel hurt yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just like is that a nice way of saying that my add is really bad today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just drawing hello red bull yeah. Give me a break i need to say words, like, my opinions are important yeah, on all topics <laughs> just listen to me let me shit talk my way through this <laughs> all right well I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna beat it too yeah i'm tired i'm gonna eat some food and then i don't know Ooh, yes, simulate war well. in the virtual world no how nukes, much though. is call of duty now probably like a hundred bucks i don't know Oh what? <laughs> Not the new one, surely the what? What one are you playing? Black Ops? Yeah, no. black. Yeah. yeah, black. Black Ops Four. Oh, but you already had that. Hey, did you bring your PlayStation over, or did you buy a new one? I bought one here. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't take it. Um, I had too much stuff already. Oh, so, so you bought. Um, so you must have bought Black Ops again. How much was it? It was cheap. Um, I think the. Mm, I don't know, maybe ten pounds. I'll have a check. I'll have a look. Ten ten pounds, five pounds. pounds. Yeah, that's cheap as fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was second hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fine. Just look on it. It'll be on eBay for like five or ten pounds. I dollars. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Easy peasy. I'll probably look into getting it then, so we can battle each other. Sounds good. I'll be on. I can have a microphone and talk to you and stuff. Sounds good. (laughs) We can do the podcast on there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would. That would be. That'd be interesting. (laughs) 
All right. All right. Peace out, you. See you, man. Take care. Till next week. Catch you soon. <laughs>